Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss the 2023 Scottish Open, and we're going to have you covered from all angles, whether you are playing DFS, whether you are doing outright bets, or whether you are playing one and done for the 2023 Scottish Open. We are going to give a comprehensive preview in 30 minutes or less that is going to give you all of the information you need. We are going to break down the Renaissance Club itself and what type of golf succeeds here. Then we're going to look at some golfer profiles and the guys that we like in our DFS lineups and our embedded cards this week. And then we're going to discuss one and done strategy at the very end of the podcast. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please rate and review if you're listening on the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps me out a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, please like the video. Please hit the subscribe button to the channel. It really does go a long way in showing me support. It helps the videos get noticed, and I really do appreciate it. If you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like our next episode, which is going to be discussing the Barbasol Championship, the alternate event on the PGA Tour schedule this week that is being played stateside, which there's not a whole lot of content out there for that. So if you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified when that episode drops. That way you can watch or listen to that episode Tuesday, Wednesday, or pretty much just whenever before Thursday. Also, I'm going to be doing a preview soon of the Pup Cup, which is the best ball draft the underdog is doing in golf right now. I'm a big fan of underdog fantasy. If you want to sign up to do um, PGA drafts or you know pickums on there, as well as um, NFL best ball drafts, you can use my promo code mconley88. It is pinned to my Twitter and it is in the description of the YouTube video. Um, and you can get that. You can get your first deposit matched up to $100. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing a little bit of content with underdog uh, later on. Um, in these upcoming weeks. So that does it for the introduction. You can go ahead and set your clocks to 30 minutes, and we're going to get this preview done in 30 minutes or less. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so let's kick things off by talking about the course itself. So the Scottish Open is going to be played at the Renaissance Club, which is in North Berwick, Scotland. It was designed by Tom Doak. Um, it is going to be one of the more unique experiences on the PGA Tour this season. It is designed to give a link style test um, to the PGA Tour golfers. And it's also important to note that this is a co-sanctioned event with the DP World Tour, which means that there are going to be a lot of primarily DP World Tour golfers that are going to be in this field. Some of them are going to be in the Open Championship field next week, so it's probably important to kind of learn who some of these guys are um, and what they might be able to do on these link style layouts. So the Renaissance Club is a par 70. It tips out at almost 7,300 yards, but it actually plays longer than the scorecard indicates. Um, that 7,300 yards, really, it, it plays a lot longer than that because there are five par threes on this course. That's how it gets to a par 70, um, two of which are very short par threes and then three of which are very long par threes. Now, in terms of the par fours, there's a kind of big stratification in the par fours. Um, very simply, there is one drivable par four, and then after that, it is a lot of long par fours. Like there's a lot of par fours that are over 450 yards, some that are over 500 yards. And so you just see a lot of long approach shots into these greens when you combine the long par threes with the long par fours. And then the par fives, there's only three of them. All three of them are reachable for the longest hitters. Um, and really, if you put yourself in the fairway, I think everybody might be having a shot at all three of these par fives in two shots. Now at this course, and, and this is how it has played last year, um, it's how it played kind of um, the few years before that. So pretty much when you look at the history of the Renaissance Club and the Scottish Open, the Renaissance Club has been the host of this event since 2019. So there's been four editions at this golf course. Um, 
And there's been very different paths to victory in each of those four years, depending on the weather. More on that later. But so there are some trends that are kind of the same in those four years. Also, I would not – I'd throw out any course history before 2019 because it was not the same venue for all Scottish Opens before then. So um, there are multiple paths to victory here. But, but pretty much distance is an advantage off the tee, but it's not required to win. This course is going to be super firm and fast in the fairways. So if you're able to put yourself in the fairway, you're going to give yourself a long rollout, which is going to kind of be, you know, the, the shorter hitters, if they're hitting the fairways, are going to be hitting the ball actually further than the bombers if they're missing the fairways because of the rollout that they're going to get in the fairway. Now, the fairways themselves aren't super wide, and there's not a whole lot of penalty for small misses. If you miss these fairways big, that's when you get yourself in real trouble but if you just miss you know just barely off the right edge or the left edge you're not really in trouble a whole lot the rough isn't going to be super duper thick now the greens themselves are above average size and last year they rated as very difficult to putt on some might say that was because of the wind um my assumption would be that Pretty much these are fescue greens. They're not Bermuda. They're not bent grass. They're different than what most PGA Tour golfers deal with. Um, and so that kind of, I, I think, difficult to put on greens level the playing field to where worse putters, their you know, bad putting gets kind of um, mitigated because other good putters are going to be missing putts as well. So if everybody's missing putts, what difference does it make if you're a bad putter and you're missing putts? Because everybody's missing them. So uh, I think that does tend to play to poor putters' advantages just a little bit. Now, I also think it's important to note that this is a man-made link style course, okay? This is not St. Andrews. This is not Royal Portrush. This is not Carnoustie. Um, this is a link style course that was um, pretty much carved out of a forest 30 years ago. So this is not like the super windswept terrain where it's right by the sea and um, you know, just kind of the wind and erosion kind of creates these rolling hills. Like it's, it's not really that it, this is a Lynx course. that has been around for 30 years. That's trying to emulate Lynx golf. So yeah, it's kind of Lynx golf, but this isn't just a place where you can say, Oh, look up what they did at St. Andrews last year. And just, you know, take that into account. Like it, it's not St. Andrews. It's not Carnoustie or any of those other places. So with it being kind of a faux Lynx style design, you can play along the ground. There are are pot bunkers all over the place at this course and it is very difficult to get up and down you're gonna have to be crafty with your short game if you want to get up and down on these greens now weather will play a huge factor i alluded to this earlier in the last four years here the winning scores have ranged from minus 20 to minus 7 at, at its least difficult with the most docile wind to its most difficult last year where the wind was a huge factor so if you're playing dfs and, and you're building your lineups of six guys. I would advise if you're making multiple lineups playing weather waves. So playing a lineup where you have all six guys that go off in the morning on Thursday and then having lineups where you play all six guys that go in the afternoon on Thursday because you might end up looking at a situation where just one wave has a huge advantage with the weather depending on whether or not the wind is calm or gusty on Thursday morning or afternoon or Friday morning or afternoon. And, and you don't really know what it's going to do until Wednesday or some cases even Thursday. So I would advise if you're making multiple lineups, giving yourself an AM lineup 
and a PM lineup. So that way, maybe if one wave does have a huge advantage, you're able to take advantage with one lineup being with that advantage. Now, like I said, also, I wouldn't plan on like planning the weather out until Wednesday. Um, this is Scotland. The weather can change at a moment's notice. Um, so I really wouldn't look too much into it right now, recording this on a Monday night. Now, it is notable, I did mention this earlier, this is a Tom Doak design. So the only other Tom Doak design that is on the PGA Tour's regular schedule is Memorial Park in Houston, home of the Houston Open. And I do think there's a little bit to take away from that. There's some similarities with the green complexes. Um, the overall length of the um, Memorial Park is, is kind of notable. Um, and there's a lot of elevated greens at Memorial Park, which is going to be the case here with it being um, you know, an attempted link style course. So uh, I do think it's a little bit worthwhile to look at history at Memorial Park. Now, one thing I do want to talk about also, this is something that I kind of noticed um, in doing the research for um, this show. If you look at the leaderboard last year uh, at, at this 2022 Scottish Open, you had Shoffley, Kitayama, Kim Fleetwood, Cantlay, Jamie Donaldson, Brandon Wu, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick was T10, Jordan Spieth was T10, um, Cam Smith was T10. So you see those names there, right? Wyndham Clark, T16, also notable. Um, and then you look at this year's U.S. Open. And you had Wyndham Clark on top, but Cam Smith played well. Minwoo Lee is a previous winner of this event. Ricky Fowler is a previous winner of the Scottish Open as well, not at Renaissance Club. Tommy Fleetwood played very well at Renaissance Club last year. Tom Kim, very well at Renaissance Club last year. Xander Shoffley, the champion of the 2022 Scottish Open. Patrick Cantlay, good finish. Matt Fitzpatrick, good finish. So for whatever reason, there's a lot of crossover between the 2023 U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club and the 2022 um, Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's a lot of approaches from similar distances. There's a lot of long approach shots. The U.S. Open LACC featured wide fairways, which the Renaissance Club is kind of wide fairways. Uh, and then bigger greets and you got to have kind of the short game craftiness to get up and down so maybe there are more similarities than than you would think with you know one golf club being in los angeles and one being in scotland but you know there's just similarities between those two leaderboards so i thought that was something worth exploring now another thing that i think is worth exploring is xander shoffley's path to victory here last year so if you look at the strokes gain numbers for xander shoffley last year he gained in every category but he did a lot of his work on approach now, another thing, Xander Shoffley tends to be a pretty good putter. And with it being a Lynx golf course, the Texas wedge is an option around the greens here. If you're a good putter of the golf ball, you can putt from off of these greens instead of chipping if you are not a good chipper of the golf ball, which I would not consider Xander a good chipper of the golf ball. And one thing I remember watching this tournament last year is just how often Xander putted from off the green. So he played to his own strength. Uh, of his putter instead of his wedges and it, it paid dividends for him and he ended up gaining strokes around the green and gaining strokes putting all right so now one other thing i want to look at is lynx golf tends to be its own animal like i said this is not necessarily a course that is just copy and paste just like any of the british open sites or the open championship sites i said should say but if you look at strokes gain total for the Open Championship of guys that are in this field. In their careers, the best players at the Open Championship, Andrew Putnam had a really good one tournament back in 2019. And then you got Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, 
Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, Robert McIntyre, Patrick Cantlay, and Tommy Fleetwood rounding out the top 10 with Shane Lowry, who actually owns a Claret Jug, uh, sitting right outside it. So um, worth noting that those guys are good at link style courses. Now, if you look at the key stats here, I'm looking at the custom model at rickrungood.com. Um, I really think that the approach ranges above 175 yards are going to be important this week. Best in the field, Scotty Scheffler, MJ Duffy, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, and Kurt Kitayama. Approaches outside of 200 yards, you got Victor Hovland, Harrison Endicott. That one was kind of a shocker. Will Gordon, Patrick Cantlay, and Aaron Rye. If you look at Strokes Game Memorial Park, um, the top five in that are Ben Taylor, Justin Rose, Alex Smalley, Scotty Scheffler, and Victor Hovland. Strokes gained Renaissance Club, Xander Shoffley, Kirk Kitayama, Tom Kim, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, and then another two that I really like this week, greens gained, which are pretty much how much more greens in regulation did you hit than the field. There's going to be a very low greens in regulation percentage this week over the course of the whole field. So if you're hitting a lot of greens, you're going to put yourself at a big advantage. Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, Victor Perez, Ricky Fowler, and Tyrrell Haddon are the top five there. And then I also put a little bit of stock in approach putt performance, meaning how short of a putt did you give yourself for a two putt? Like how close did you put your first putt that you maybe should or should not have made that you just gave yourself a tap in for the second putt? The top five in that one are Patrick Cantlay, Ben Griffin, Shane Lowry, Luke Donald, and Alex Norn with Jordan Speed sitting right outside the list. All right, so now that we know what type of golf will succeed here at the Scottish Open, let's see if we can find some guys that might fit that bill. So if you're looking at the top of the board on DraftKings, we've got Scotty Scheffler and Roy McIlroy as clearly the two highest priced golfers this week, with Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay checking in right behind. Now, me personally, looking at this week, yes, I know Xander Shoffley is defending champ. Yes, I know Patrick Cantlay played very well here last year. I tend to think that Scheffler and McElroy are in a class of their own, though, and I'm willing to be overweight on Scheffler and McElroy um, as I build my lineups this week. So this is not technically an elevated event on the PGA Tour, but this field is like an elite-level field. So what most people do when they build lineups in elite fields is they play like all the guys at the top because they think that everybody at the top has a chance to win, and then they zero in on like their two or three value plays that they're going to click in their lineups. So you can be different this week when you construct your lineups if you are very narrow at the top and you just play a few of the guys at the top of the board. And for me, I'm willing to make that Scheffler and McElroy. So Scotty Scheffler has been the best golfer on the planet for pretty much the last calendar year, right? He hasn't finished outside of 12th place since the CJ Cup, which was last October. For context, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My wife is currently eight months pregnant. She was not pregnant back the, the last time that Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12. That's how long ago it was, right? And if you look at how he's done it, he's just been a ball striking phenomenon the entire time. The only thing that's been lapsing is the putter. And what did we talk about with what this course does? This course, if everybody he's going to be putting poorly, then that plays to Scotty's advantage because he's not going to be losing as many strokes putting. So I, I tend to think that that really plays to his advantage. I think his tee to green game is going to continue. And I just don't think you can say enough about how good he's been this calendar year. Now, Rory McIlroy, 
is trending in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, if you look at what he was doing like at the start of the calendar year, he was kind of playing whack-a-mole with his strokes gained, in my opinion, where he would have one thing flare up and be bad, and then he'd fix that problem, and then another thing would be bad the next week, and then he'd fix that problem, and something else would be bad the next week. And he just never really could put it all together. And he finally started putting it all together at the PGA Championship. And we know with Rory that, you know, he can really get hot and he's been on five straight tournaments now where he hasn't finished outside the top 10 and he's done it just being pretty much elite in all areas of his game. I think the win is coming soon for Rory. Um, if you look at his history at the Scottish Open, it, it's nothing really to write home about. Um, he did not play last year's event, which was the first, which featured the, you know, the elevated field with the PGA Tour guys and the DP World Tour guys. Now, if you look at his Open Championship history, the Rory has just been an elite Open Championship player. We know he can play at link style courses. He was third last year at St. Andrews, um, not so hot at St. George's, missed the cut at Royal Portrush before that. But if you go back further, T2 at Carnoustie, T4 at Royal Birkdale, um, T5 at Royal Troon, and then we all know about the victory at Royal Liverpool. So Rory McIlroy, just an elite golfer on the British Isles. Um, I had no problem going to either Scotty or Rory to start my lineups off with. Um, and that's not to say that Shoffley and Cantlay are bad options, but like normally when you look at where the landscape of the top golfers in the world is, normally you have that big three of Scheffler, Rahm, and McElroy, and then a gap, and then you have everybody else. Well, there's no Rahm this week, and there's really not that much of a gap this week. So I'm willing to center my lineups around Scheffler and McElroy this week. Now, looking down in the 9K range, Matt Fitzpatrick probably has the best history here out of anybody. Uh, in the four times that this event's been played in the Renaissance Club, he's made the cut all four times, three top 14 finishes, um, and he's guy that's just got a versatile game. He can succeed at all types of courses, all, all types of venues. I, I would have no problem going with Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, Tyrrell Hatton's also been playing some really good golf, also tends to play really well in the British Isles. Um, Ricky Fowler is a guy that as much as I love to see Ricky win a few weeks back and as much as I know about his greatness on link style courses, I'm kind of willing to let everybody else continue to ride the wave this week. And maybe I will be back another week for Ricky Fowler. Um, I think it would be asking a lot of him to come off the high of that win, um, and then give a good performance here, you know, across the pond two weeks later. Now the two guys in the 9k range that I really want to zero in on though. Um, the first one is Tommy Fleetwood. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, Travelers Championship notwithstanding, has just been really, really solid this entire year, and he just hasn't put it together for a win um, just yet. But if you look at how he's doing it, he's kind of got a way where he can – succeed in a myriad of ways. He, he can be really good off the tee. He can be really good on approach. He can be really good with the putter. And he is one of the craftiest short game guys around. He consistently gains strokes around the green. He's also had really good run in the Open Championship. At this event, he's also been really good. Um, in the four or in the three renditions he's played at the Renaissance Club, he's came in second, 26th, and fourth. Um, I really like what he's been doing lately. I know that he knows how to play length style golf. Uh, I'm kind of all in on Tommy Fleetwood this week. And then the other guy in the 9K range that I want to talk about is Jordan Speed. So I really think that with Speed, you know, the last time we saw him was a missed cut at the US Open. I hope that keeps ownership off of him in DFS formats because I am willing to totally go right back to him because Spieth for a while had been a guy that had not been great with the driver, 
but we know that he is a good iron player. We know that he's got a magical short game, and he can get really hot with the putter. Well, if you look at what he was doing before the U.S. Open at LACC, he was great with the driver at Muirfield Village. He was great with the driver at Oak Hill. So he's fixing his primary weakness, right? And then if you look at what he's done here at this tournament, he came in 10th last year, gaining strokes in every category. And we know he's got great Open Championship history. He won one in 2017 and has just a lot of good finishes at him. So Jordan Spieth really has everything that I'm looking for this week out of that 9K range. Now, also, I would not discount either Shane Lowry or Wyndham Clark. Um, I would prefer paying up for Fleetwood or Spieth, but both Clark and Lowry have things that I like. Lowry is just like a link specialist. Uh, and then Wyndham Clark, you know, the, we talked about the crossover between the Scottish Open last year and this year's U.S. Open. Well, he won this year's U.S. Open. He came in 16th at the Scottish Open last year, and he excels at approach shots from the range that he's going to be looking at a lot of this week. And so I really do like Wyndham Clark as well. Um, and really in that 9K range, I think it's possible to go with a balanced build this week. If you want to fade the entire 10K range and just go with like a Fleetwood, Spieth, Lowry top three and then kind of piece the rest together from there, I do think that's a possible build. I do think that's very playable. Um, with the Link style golf being a thing and with the weather being a thing, I, I think you could get some kooky results this week. So it would not shock me to see, um, you know, a lineup with like three 9K guys just be very successful. Now, looking down at the 8K range on DraftKings, um, just kind of some quick takes before I get to the guy that I really want to play from this range. So Minwoo Lee, former champion of this event, playing some really good golf right now. Um, very good off the tee. Um, if he can just dial in his irons for one week, he can probably win again at this event. Max Homa is like a fade for me. I know he played well here last year, but uh, his game's just all over the place. You can't really predict what he's going to do. Justin Rose, I don't mind. He's not my favorite play, um, but we know that he can play in the British Isles. He's, he's from England. Um, not a bad play. Sungjae is another full fade for me. Um, never really had any success playing Lynx Golf in the Open Championship or at this event. So hard pass on Sungjae. Now, the guy that I want to talk about is Tom Kim. Because Tom Kim played very well at this event last year. And he also played very well at the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club, which we talked about the similarity between those two leaderboards, right? So I, I just really like what Tom Kim has the potential to do, though. He has the potential to go absolutely nuclear on approach, and then he has the potential to get absolutely hot with the putter. Well, guess what? If he gets really hot on approach this week, he's going to hit a vast amount of more greens than anybody else. And if he gets hot with the putter, he's going to be making a lot more putts than anybody else. And if you look at what he did last Last year, we did not know much about Tom Kim at this time last year. His salary was only $6,400. This was kind of the start of the Tom Kim wave that went through last summer. But he gained strokes in every category, including almost three strokes on approach and including four strokes putting. So I think that's kind of the blueprint for Tom Kim. I think he can get back to that. And, and I really do think that this is a good course fit. And, and I think that this is a good spot. For Tom Kim. I'm willing to forgive the missed cut at the Rocket Mortgage. Now, the other guy in the 8K range that I want to talk about is Justin Thomas. This is like an all-time record low price for Justin Thomas. Um, and here's the thing with Justin Thomas. If you're willing to kind of forgive the, the complete and utter lack of form, I think nobody is going to play Justin Thomas this week. And so... I just kind of like the idea of getting a Justin Thomas that everybody is writing off. 
And, you know, if you look at where he hasn't been successful recently, well, Detroit Golf Club, Rocket Mortgage, he lost six strokes around the green. Justin Thomas is an elite around the green player. That, that's not something that's going to happen very often. If you look at the Travelers, he played great, finished T9, and just didn't get it together with the putter, which is a pretty common thing for Justin Thomas. He can do absolutely do that again. Now, at Los Angeles Country Club, you just kind of ejected on Friday. Muirfield Village lost it all around the agreement and with the putter. And so I'm kind of just willing to, I don't know. I, I think if ownership does end up being as low on Justin Thomas as I think it's going to be, I'm willing to go with him, even though he's lacking the form, just because I really think that he can get back. Like I, I just have faith in the talent that he has long-term, and I think that he is a very interesting pivot play if he does come in as being under-owned. Now, from there, we got to talk about the 7K range. So some of my guys that I do want to talk about in the 7K range, um, but not like super feature, Alex Smalley, I, I think, is a really good play this week. So he came in 10th at this event last year, just came in second place at the John Deere a little while back. Um, and I, I think he's really good on approach. He actually rated out really well at Memorial Park, which is another Tom Doak-designed golf course. Um, and so I just really like what Smalley's able to do with his approach game, uh, and he has the capability to get nuclear hot with the putter. Aaron Rye is a former winner of this event, um, and that's not something to take lightly because I think he's better now than he was when he won this event. Uh, he's coming off of the ninth at the Rocket Mortgage, 21st at or 24th at the Travelers Championship. I, I think this is a pretty good setup for Aaron Rye, all in all. And then Lucas Herbert has some pretty good history at this event. Two fourth place finishes in 2020 and 2021 with the missed cut last year. Um, and then he, he didn't do well at the US Open LACC, but he did bounce back with a 15th place finish at the Travelers. I'm kind of willing to roll the dice on both Smalley, Rye, and Herbert. Now, the guy that I do want to feature, though, is Doug Gim, because Doug Gim is like turning into an elite approach player. He has gained strokes on approach in five straight events, and he's gained multiple strokes on approach in three of those five events. And when he gets going on approaches, when he has his best performances, right? And so I, I kind of just really like what he's doing in his approach game. If you look at what he did last year, he was very good in this tournament last year. I believe he was actually in like the final group or the second to last group on Saturday or Sunday and kind of faded a little bit down the stretch. Just the only category that he didn't do very well in, it was around the green. Um, and so I do think I'm willing to go back to Doug Gim for that reason. Um, I, I just think that he sets up really well. I, I like the performance that he gave last year as well. Um, so other guys in the 7K range that I like, Thomas Dietrich. I think you have to pay attention to his history at this event. 10th last year, second the year before that. I don't care about the recent form. He's a guy that is played a lot on the DP World Tour, and so he does have history at this style of course, at this style of event. Definitely willing to go with Thomas Dietrich this week. Austin Ekro is a guy that really messed everybody up at the Rocket Mortgage with his missed cut. I think ownership's going to be down on him for that reason, but I just think this kid's really talented. He doesn't have any history at this event, but we did talk about the parallels between this place and the U.S. Open, and he came in 10th at the U.S. Open at LACC. Other guy we got to talk about is Kurt Kitayama coming in at 7,400 this week was the runner-up to Xander Shoffley last year. His recent form is honestly terrible, and with Kitayama, you never really know what you're going to get. Like, I would not recommend recommend him for a cash game lineup in DFS or as like a 
top 50 bet or anything like that, he's either going to like come in the top 10 or he's going to miss the cut badly. There's no real in-between with Kitayama. Now, below Kitayama, um, this is a very unique event because of kind of the dual entitlement between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tours. There's a lot of guys this week that are not really... Um, known quantities because they play on the DP World Tour and you're going to have people that don't really know who they are or don't really know what to do with them. So in preparation for this, I actually played on DraftKings for the DP World Tour events each of the last three weeks, just trying to kind of familiarize myself with some of these guys and who I might want to play this week, who's coming in with good recent form, who generally are the better golfers on that tour. So I do want to highlight just a few of those guys um, as some of our value plays because I do think if you get like kind of down here and get a little bit greasy with these DP World Tour guys. They're going to be lower owned than the PGA Tour guys because they're not as known, um, and they're really going to give you a lot of salary relief that you can play some of the guys up top. So the first of which, this guy is like with his finishes, the Scotty Scheffler of the DP World Tour, and that is Alexander Bjork. Um, he has just been really, really solid lately. Um, you know, just seemingly makes every cut, seemingly in the top ten every event. It, it doesn't matter the fit for the course. He is an elite ball striker without being very elite off the tee. Um, and then he has the capability of getting really hot with the putter, and, and he isn't above average around the green player. So I really like what Alexander Bjork's been doing with all his recent finishes on the DP World Tour. Now, after Alexander Bjork, the other Scotty Scheffler of the DP World Tour is Jordan L. Smith, but in a different way. Jordan L. Smith is the Scotty Scheffler of the DP World Tour because he's elite in every category except putting. And when he can just finally put it together with the putter for one week, he can give you a really good finish. But if you look at what this guy's been able to do, he's made four straight cuts and he's had two top 20s in that span where he's been terrible with the putter pretty much in all four weeks and elite in the ball striking categories all four weeks. And so I just really think that if you know he can get back home, get back to, um, he is from England, so not necessarily like his home country, but like his home island, I guess you could say. Um, I do think that could do him some, you know, do him well and, and get back putting on familiar services. So I do like Jordan L. Smith this week. Um, and then the two more I got for the DP World Tour section, I got Yannick Paul, um, who is German, not from the British Isles, but he has done really well on the DP World Tour lately. About the only place where he doesn't really do well at is around the green. But like I was talking about earlier, when it comes to around the green play, you can really get creative with the putter if the putter is what you are good at. And so I just kind of like Jordan Paul's, or I'm sorry, not Jordan Paul, Yannick Paul's recent form and what he's been able to do. Uh, and I think that can carry over into this week here at uh, the Scottish Open. And then the last one is Matthew Southgate. So Matthew Southgate is a really big bargain this week, and he is actually a Lynx specialist. Um, and what he does is he just really kind of shows up and plays well at Lynx style courses, and that really bears itself out with his history at the Scottish Open. Um, he has a ninth place finish and a 26th place finish at this golf course. Um, and then if you look at what he's done in major championships, he has some like deceptively solid um, open championship history. 
Um, you know, coming in T6 at Royal Birkdale, T12 at Royal Troon in those two open championships, and then making the cut at Carnoustie in 2018. Hasn't played an open championship since, since then, though. But it, I really do think, you know, he's a guy that is very comfortable um, with Lynx Golf, is very successful at Lynx Golf. And so I wouldn't mind going to him for that reason. Now, another DP World Tour guy that I do need to highlight, Robert McIntyre. Um, great history in open championships from Scotland so that this is like his national open. Um, and I do think he's going to be giving it his all. He did miss the cut at this event last year. Um, and then there was one more that I wanted to highlight. There was a DP world tour guy, Matthew Jordan has done pretty well recently on the DP World Tour, has made the cut twice at this event. Richie Ramsey is another guy like Robert McIntyre that is Scottish, been good on the DP World Tour recently, 15th and a 34th at this golf course. Would not mind going with him. Now, for our value plays that are PGA Tour golfers, for whatever reason, Andrew Putnam seems to be really comfortable with Lynx Golf, had a really good finish at an Open Championship, had a really good finish at this event in Lynx um, style conditions. So I Kind of think that's worth a roll of the dice. Um, other than him, Brandon Wu came in sixth at this event last year. He's been kind of bad recently. I think that might keep the ownership down. Um, I wouldn't mind going back to Brandon Wu. Let's see. Patrick Rogers is a guy who I think might fit this course pretty well, actually, even though he did miss the cut here last year. The things that we know about Patrick Rogers, what he does well, he's a really good driver of the golf ball. He's a really good putter. Those are two things that can serve you well this week. Matt Wallace is an Englishman who primarily plays on the PGA Tour. Really good history at this event, a 26th, a 30th, and a 14th. He's clearly comfortable playing Lynx golf, and I would have no problem going back to him for that reason. Dylan Wu missed the cut last week at the John Deere Classic. Kind of broke everybody's heart, but for whatever reason, he just seems to be just generally underpriced like every week. And this week, I think $6,700 is a little bit of an underprice for Dylan Wu. So I would kind of be willing to roll the dice on him. Uh, and then, like I said, there's a lot of guys down here that are primarily DP World Tour players that if you're willing to give a roll the dice, um, they might pay dividends for you. Kind of the, one of the kind of sneakiest ones down here. You got Connor Syme, who has appeared in this event four times, made the cut each of those four times. And then Jamie Donaldson all the way down at 6,400 with a sixth place finish last year. So I do think those two guys are worth the mention for that reason. All right, so now let's switch gears from DFS a little bit. Let's talk a little bit of one and done. So if you're looking at one and done, we are in crunch time when it comes to one and done right now because we've got the Scottish Open, the Open Championship, the 3M Open, and the Wyndham. And then you have your FedEx Cup playoff events where you've got the FedEx St. Jude and the BMW Championship. If you're playing in a one and done, you need to know what your um, league is doing for the Tour Championship. Most good one and dones don't play the Tour Championship. So I, I hope yours is not. It, anyway, that's six events, right? Including this one. So the Open Championship, you can use a live guy at if you need to. So that automatically brings it down to five events if you're willing to use one of the live guys there. So what you need to be doing this week is mapping out who you have left for those five events, knowing that the 3M Open and the Wyndham, not everybody's going to play. So if you're looking to play like a Scotty or a Rory, it's going to have to be either this week or next week or a FedEx Cup playoff event, the FedEx St. Jude or the BMW Championship. You might get appearances from like a Xander or a Cantlay 
or a Hatton or a Fleetwood or, you know, somebody like that, you might get an appearance from them at the 3M Open or at the Wyndham. Um, super hot take here. It wouldn't shock me if, George, or if Justin Thomas plays the Wyndham because he's going to end up needing FedEx Cup points. Um, so anyway, you need to be mapping out this week. If you've got more than four, like, big guns left, use one of the big guns this week. Like, like there's no use in really saving anybody um, from this point forward. In, in most of them, I'm in two one and duns, and in both of them, I believe I have Xander Shoffley available. So that will probably end up being my pick this week, even though if I'm being totally honest, I, I think all things considered, if I had Tommy Fleetwood available, I would probably consider him heavy this week. I know I ended up using him at the Valspar Championship in both of my one and duns. If I had him available, he's a guy that I would really want. Jordan Spieth, if you have available, is another guy that I would really want. I really messed up and used him at the Charles Schwab Challenge. I don't know what I was thinking, but if you have Jordan Spieth left, I think this is a really good spot for Jordan Spieth also with his history this event, with his comfortability at Lynx tracks. Um, and then lastly, if you need to gain ground on people, I think you could do much worse than Shane Lowry. Um, you know, he's a guy that I used at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, I definitely would have no problem going with Shane Lowry. We know his pedigree on Lynx style golf courses. All right, so that does it for our preview for the 2023 Genesis Scottish Open. So whether you're playing DFS, whether you are betting, whether you are playing one and done, hopefully it was able to give you guys a lot of actionable information that can help you guys build your lineups, fill out your betting cards, or make your one and done picks for this week. Like I said earlier, we will be back tomorrow for the Barbasol Championship. And Next week, we'll be back for all of our coverage for the Open Championship. So if you like what you heard in this episode, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. That way you'll be notified when new episodes drop. So that way you can be the first to view our previews for the Barbasol Championship tomorrow night and the Open Championship next week. All right, that does it for this episode, guys. Like I said, hopefully I was able to help you out. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.